Why the Pinstripe Bowl of 2022 was a blessing in disguise for the Gophers and also the most pivotal game of the 2023 schedule today at Locked On Golden Gophers. Hey, you are no Locked happens, On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week. Now, yesterday was Top 10 Tuesday, and we talked about the top 10 receivers in the Big Ten for the upcoming season. If you have other Top 10 Tuesday suggestions, be sure to drop them in the comments over on YouTube or send us an email at LockedOnGoldenGophers at gmail.com. I thank you for listening to the show. I hope you will tap in and join our Gophers community wherever you get podcasts at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Now, today we're talking about why the Syracuse game, the Pinstripe Bowl of 2022, the game that, for quite frankly, Minnesota didn't want to be a part of, at least the fans didn't. It was a blessing in disguise for the Gophers. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the most pivotal game of 2023. And then we're going to talk about the QB gauntlet that the Gophers have to go through this season. And that is a whole lot to get into. So we're going to dive right in. My name's Kane Rob. I hope you'll follow me over on Twitter for all your Gophers news and details. I'm always giving you the updates over there. But this episode was brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today now sorry if i look a little uh homeless or little dressed down for the episode i came straight from the gym here to you and the gophers fans because priorities right not only is the gophers my squad but you the listeners of locked on gopher golden gophers the everydayers that tap in each and every show that's who i ride for so i am trying to get you an episode. Make sure it is here for you on this beautiful Wednesday, the last day of the month. Now let's talk about this pinstripe bowl and why it was massive for the Gophers heading into 2023. Now you're talking about terrible field conditions. You're talking about freezing cold football on a baseball field and the traumatizing memories of our quarterback, Ethan Kelly McManus and our linebacker, Cody Lindenberg getting hurt in a bowl game. Now, how in the world could that be a blessing in disguise. Well, it was great that we walked out with a victory. We got another nine-win season. The Empire State Building was lit up maroon and gold for the night. So those were some positives. But beyond that, this game was perfect for Minnesota. And why that is is because last year, Syracuse and their defense ran a 3-3-5 defensive system that is often predicated on speed. And in that 3-3-5 system, you need to have the right athletes to run it effectively. You need DBs that can fly around, create chaos and disruption in a variety of ways. And you only really have three true defensive linemen on the field. So your DBs and your linebackers have to be able to hold their own and hold their own with big offensive linemen. They have to also be able to create, have that speed to fly around in coverage and cover on wide receivers. It's, it's, 
if you don't have the right bodies and the right athletes to play this system, it will not work effectively. But Syracuse had a pretty good defense last year, and they definitely showed that throughout the season. Now, they had moments where they lapsed as well, but that defense overall was fairly good, and it fit well. Now, on top of that, at first glance, you'd think that Minnesota's Maulers, the offensive line that is consistently one of the best offensive lines in the Big Ten and sometimes in the nation, they consistently should be able to bully teams of that 3-3-5 if they don't have the right combo of speed and strength at the defensive backs. That's what you'd think. But you know what? I think Syracuse held its own in moments of that game. Now, again, we lost our quarterback. We didn't have our star running back All-American. We didn't have John Michael Schmitz in that game. So there was a whole lot of difference in that Gophers offense as well. But why it is important is because both Nebraska and Wisconsin in this upcoming season have brought in new defensive coordinators to bring in new systems. And their new systems are that 3 3 defense. Come in full circle on that one. So not only did the Gophers get time to really nitpick and pick apart and game plan and scheme for the 3-3-5 system in this bowl game in the pinstripe bowl, but it's helping them now in their preparations for these new defenses that they're going to see year in and year out that are coming over to the Big Ten as well. Now, not only did they get that early practice and they got to practice breaking it down and look for openings, but furthermore, Syracuse's defensive coordinator actually is the guy who left for the Nebraska job and will be the defensive coordinator for Nebraska. So this is some early prep for game one as well. It wasn't just for the bowl game. You can carry over some of the things that you found, a ways you can attack that defense into game one that should give the Gophers a little boost heading into game one. And furthermore, I think that it helps give the Gophers a benefit having that little advantage, that little preparation, head start, if you will, on the Nebraska defense. So that paired with the fact that Ethan Calicmanis actually got hurt early in that game and was out for most of the game. And let me let me tell you, mind you, he was cooking early in that game. So he was, I think, seven for nine for 80 yards from the jump in that game. He was looking like he was going to absolutely blow it up like he blew Wisconsin up the week before. But unfortunately, he got injured. Tanner Morgan had to finish the game, and our offense looked a lot different after that point. But now that's a benefit. Now they don't have a whole lot of film on what Ethan Calicmanis and the game plan was to attack that Syracuse defense. Minnesota had to find different ways to get it done in game one, and they made it happen. Now all of a sudden you're talking about a team that can have those new ways of attacking, plus you have the actual game you played in. You can take a look at the opportunities that you missed or different ways that you could have attacked, but you didn't see them at that moment. You can take advantage of the errors that you made in that game and correct them. That is going to be huge for Minnesota in game one and hopefully for the years to come, but also knowing that there will be similar elements to Wisconsin's 3-3-5, and if you want to keep the axe here in Minnesota, home where it belongs, then this should be advantageous and you should have more preparation to look at what that defense could be throwing at you. 
Now, like I said, the early preparation should come in handy. Having that true game film against Tony White's defense in the flesh should allow the Gophers to self-scout and correct some errors and also capitalize on newer opportunities. So although we hated the pinstripe bowl, and I speak for many when I reiterate, we really hated the pinstripe bowl. It would have been way nicer to be in some warmer weather, being able to sit back, relax, enjoy the sun, and watch the Gophers go get one. We didn't get that, but it ended up a blessing in disguise, and it played some benefit to the Gophers program of 2023, so thank you for that, New York. Now, what we need to talk about coming up next on the show is what will be the most pivotal game of 2023 for the Minnesota Gophers. I think it will catch you by surprise, but we're going to break down a lot of these games and why or why not they aren't the most pivotal and what my one game of the entire season do I think is the biggest one for the Gophers. We're diving into that coming up next. First, let's talk about our friends over at the one and the only that is the FanDuel at FanDuel.com, the official sports book of Locked on and so much more. We're talking about FanDuel because you can head on over, new customers can, and get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. Before it used to be a thousand. Well, they've upped their game. They want to get more involved, and new customers can get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That means if your first bet doesn't win, you can get up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. Now, some bets that I would absolutely be looking at when it comes to FanDuel, I'm looking at the NCAA futures, and I'm looking at the Big Ten Conference and the number of wins that teams have. Now, they've got Minnesota placed at seven and a half, and honestly, I think that line is right on the money. I'm not even sure if I would want to bet that line because I think it could go either way. I could see Minnesota at seven. I could see him at eight. But some numbers that I am loving over there is Michigan State at five and a half wins. I'm slamming the under on that one because I think Michigan State is absolutely falling apart. They've got a tough schedule. They're facing uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State like they normally do. That's three losses chalked up right there. And I just don't have faith in what Mel Tucker has been building over there. Outside of carried by Kenneth Walker, they just haven't been the same program. So I'm absolutely smashing that under then you look at uh what what do we let's see what they got wisconsin at because i feel like everybody's overrating wisconsin from the jump in 2023 they got them at eight and a half wins i'd probably take the under on that one i'm not saying that wisconsin can't get to nine wins but it's the first year of a new coach you don't see it too often i know the schedule could look favorable but it's going to take time to get those new systems in place so i would smash the under on that one as well those are two that i think i would absolutely win and if I didn't win, I would get that no sweat first bet. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on today and be sure to take advantage of the no sweat first bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on again. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Locked On. All right, folks, let's talk about the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the most pivotal game of 2023 for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And thank you so much for listening to Locked On Golden Gophers and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, like I said, we're talking about the most pivotal game. And I think you look right away at the schedule. You jump in to UNC. A lot of people are like, oh, that's going to be a huge game. It could be a confidence-wise. It could be a huge game confidence-wise for the Gophers being in week three. It could be a confidence booster or a confidence tear down. But with how early it is placed, I don't think it can be the most pivotal game because you can rebound and recover after those games, after that game as well. So if you win there, you could very 
possibly be headed towards Michigan at maybe 5-0 and at home and ready to make some noise. But I don't think that with it being so early, you can call it the most pivotal. Moving on to Michigan, I don't think you can call Michigan the most pivotal game either because you're playing with house money there. I mean, no one will have Minnesota favored in that game, even at home. So if you somehow manage to show up, show out, and get that win, it's only a bonus that is a likely loss attributed to Minnesota in most people's standings. So I think basically it's house money. If you get it as a win, great, and you can keep moving and keep showing out, but it's not a make-or-break game for Minnesota. Now, I think if you take a look, you can look at that same exact reasoning and say the same thing for Ohio State, which takes them off the table as well for me as the most pivotal game of the season. Purdue and Michigan State are seen as favorable matchups for Minnesota, and they should be wins. Now, Purdue on the road is always going to be a tougher challenge, but new coaching and a lot of new players should still have Minnesota likely to win in that one. So that leaves three games in my eyes that could maybe be seen as the most pivotal. You've got Illinois, you've got Iowa, and you've got Wisconsin. Now, from there, I'm going to take Wisconsin out, not because that rivalry isn't huge and I don't I think that Minnesota and playing Wisconsin is always one of the biggest games of the year, but it's the final game of the year. And yes, the axe matters. And as far as the division finish, we probably have a good idea of how the division is looking at that point in the last game of the year. Now, could it be the deciding game? Maybe, but I don't think that's where we would be at in that stage of of the year in the final week. I think we're going to have a better idea prior to playing Wisconsin. So it will still be a very important game, but Minnesota will likely already have its trajectory of the season already set, if that makes sense. So that leaves Illinois and Iowa for me as the most pivotal games. And I could go either way on this one. Illinois is at home. It's in the beginning of November, and the team could be 5-3. and three. They could be 7-1 and one in my eyes either way or depending on what happens with UNC, Michigan, and Iowa. That's kind of what leaves you at 5-3 and three or 7-1 and in my eyes. Now, if the Gophers drop a silly game and don't make up with one of those three games, anything worse than that, then you know what? It's already a rough go on the season, and we're probably talking about a disappointing year. But for that reason, I think with Illinois being later and you kind of have your trajectory semi-set, you could be 5-3, and three, you could be 7-1, and one, and you could be looking at really close to an, another eight-win season. If you can pull out uh, Purdue, uh, Illinois, and then Wisconsin at the end of the year, you're looking at another maybe eight-win season there. So I don't think it's too critical, although it will be important. And for that reason, I lean to the Iowa game as the most pivotal in 2023. Now, there's a few reasons to, for that. And I think due to the following, Iowa is the most important game of the entire season for Minnesota. First of all, it's positioning in the middle of the season, smack dab in the middle, right after the Michigan game. But not only is it after the Michigan game, you have a bye week between Michigan and, and Iowa. So you get to prep. You have extra time to prep. I believe Iowa is playing Ohio State before us. Uh, that's off the top of the head. But I know they're playing someone more difficult the week before us. So they're going to be coming off of a grueling game, whereas Minnesota is resting, getting healthy, and extra game planning to head into Kinnick Stadium. So coming off of a bye week and some extra prep, 
in the middle of the season coming after a big Michigan game. Now the team could have one or two losses at this point. Zero if Minnesota absolutely balls out and beats UNC and Michigan. But let's give them one at least right there. So that means that if you have one loss and you're heading into this Iowa game, it could be a huge boost and have huge implications on the success and trajectory of the season. Now, if Minnesota has zero losses at this point, then I would move my answer to Illinois because even if you drop this game against Iowa, you still have ways to pick it up and really finish strong on the season. But being more realistic in that one to two last category, I think Iowa becomes very pertinent on how successful this season is. And then you add on top of the fact that PJ Flex still hasn't beat Iowa. He should have probably beaten them the last two times they played them. They basically won in every single statistical category, yet they still haven't got the dub. It's absolutely infuriating, but we know we're right there. You can taste the victory, and we just need to grab it, clench it, and bring it home along with that pig, man. Floyd, you need to come on home, but that adds to another reasoning of why this game is one of the most pivotal out there for Minnesota, I believe. And it's probably going to be the most hostile environment for Minnesota in the entire 2023 season. It sets the tone for the back half of the year and a win there could have Minnesota in serious discussions if they can pull off the Iowa game along with UNC. You're talking about a team that was is maybe seven or six and one, seven and one at that point, whatever it would be. That's where you start looking at serious ranking considerations, serious trajectory, serious opportunity for the Gophers to grab heading into the back of the season against Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois games that should be winnable as well. So I think that Iowa game is the most pivotal, and that's the one I've got circled on the calendar along with some others. So Iowa. One of the biggest rivalries with Minnesota, the hump we just haven't been able to get over with Coach Fleck in this Fleck era, it's priority number one in the most pivotal game in 2023. But it isn't just about the difficult games because Minnesota does have the most second most difficult schedule in the entire nation as according to the FPI index at ESPN and a few other sources out there. Minnesota schedule is tough and it also means they have a gauntlet of QBs that they have to go against next year and they have different strengths, different weaknesses, different attributes. We're going to talk about each one of these difficult quarterbacks that Minnesota has to face to close up this show. All right, Govers fans, you know what? The Big Ten has constantly been talked about as, oh, they don't have good quarterbacks. They're never doing well. The quarterbacks don't go on to do anything, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Times are changing. The Big Ten looks like it has a whole lot of new faces as the quarterbacks of these programs. And some of these SEC schools are tending to take on the leftovers that have transferred out. I'm looking at you, Peyton Thorne over at Auburn. But that being said, we're talking about the quarterbacks that are on this schedule for Minnesota, it is a true gauntlet right from the jump. Week one, you're talking about Jeff Sims, who is a dual threat quarterback who can test you every which way. He has a cannon for an arm. He's speedy. Their skill positions under Matt Rule will always be based on speed, and that offense is predicated on speed. And you're looking at potential threats of explosive plays the entire game. 
So it will be a major test for a young defense still learning how to communicate, getting the right positioning right from the jump. That is reason enough for Minnesota to be pushing this team through the spring, like we said, and harping on communication, harping on the fundamentals, harping on being in position and understanding your keys and your role. That is going to be harped even more in fall camp. You can absolutely bet that. And that is because they're taking on a North Dakota quarterback and team that has that versatility. He can do it on the ground, Jeff Sims can, and he's got a cannon for an arm. He's going to be a weapon right away. And then if you didn't get enough of that, you head into week three facing possibly the most challenging quarterback on the schedule in Drake May, a Heisman candidate and rightfully so. Last year, he had six games of over 300 yards passing and two more games on top of that in the 290s, right on the verge of 300. So Basically, eight out of his, what, 12, 13 games, he had over 300 passing yards. That shows you the man can throw the pigskin. On top of that, people don't look at him as a runner, but he absolutely can be. He ran the ball for 700 yards last year and seven touchdowns as well. So you can't just think, oh, if we can strap in and lock down on these receivers, it's Gucci. Because no, Drake May is going to burn you on the ground, getting outside of the pocket and scrambling for that first down to keep his team alive. So he's got that dual threat ability, just like we said from Jeff Sims, but I believe he is more of a cerebral quarterback as well. He can scan the field. He is able to throw it on the run in the outside of the pocket. He can throw it within the pocket as well and has good pocket presence. presence. So he can hurt you inside and out. He's good at all three levels, and he had major explosive play of 40 yards or more in at least eight games last year. So it's going to be a major test for the cornerbacks of Minnesota, which has a whole lot of new faces, and this is only in week three. So I think... Overall, that's probably the most challenging quarterback you're going to play on the year, but also luckily his top two pass catchers from last season are gone, so he'll be still trying to find the gel and a groove and a connection with his new pass catching options. So hopefully maybe they're still not fully in sync on that front being so early in the season. Then you move on week four, Ben Bryant, he is no slouch over in Evanston with Northwestern. It's on their, at their stadium, so uh hostile territory if the fans show up that's a big if in northwestern right now with how that program is trending but he was the highest pff graded quarterback from last year within the big 10 of the upcoming season so he has respectable and makes respectable plays smart plays as a quarterback and you can't count him out completely different style of passer than what we'll see from jeff sims and drake may then you move on to possibly the best quarterback in the big 10 in the uh, entire conference, like I said, in two weeks later versus Michigan. Now, in that game, you have the confidence of J.J. McCarthy. He is more confident in this next year. I can absolutely believe that. He's going to see himself as the guy. He's been there. He's done that. He's won the conference. He's got to the college football playoff, and he's going to have a bitter taste in his mouth from dropping that game because the team was absolutely on his back in that college football playoff with their all-American running back having been injured with the running game being kind of shut down with them playing from behind. J.J. McCarthy was like, look, I got this. And he threw them back into the game, but they weren't able to come out on top. He played with Moxie in that game. And I think overall, 
you look at what he's done week after week after week, even as a true freshman in the moments he played, but especially as a starter last year, he takes care of the football as good as anybody in the country. On top of that, he has two of the best running backs in the country in that backfield, which it definitely plays into their strengths, uh, the running backs do. And so that's going to be a challenge for the defense because if the defense looks to stop the run or really schemes heavy on stopping the run or they bite hard on a play action or what have you, J.J. McCarthy could hit him over the top for some big plays and some explosive plays, some plays that could hurt. So it's going to be a real tough challenge against Michigan and J.J. McCarthy once again. Then you move on to another quarterback that has the ability and came from Big Blue over at Michigan and is now with Iowa and Cade McNamara. Absolutely, probably one of the best quarterback talents that Iowa has had in quite some time. He could maybe rival Nate Stanley and give Iowa more competency on that offensive end. Now, luckily, they still got Lil Ferentz over there calling the plays, which is definitely a positive for any defense playing Iowa. So a competent quarterback, some rock-solid tight ends, and wide receiver talent that could be problematic for the opposing defenses if it does click. Iowa always presents problems for Minnesota. We just talked about how they are pivotal game of the entire season coming up. And stylistically, he is way different than any of the passers that the Gophers will have played so far. He is very much uh, getting into the flow of the game. He makes his reads. He is very much a pocket passer. So it will be a different challenge and we will need those pass rushers to really get home on him. Then you move into a weird territory on the schedule with a bunch of unknown translations to the Big Ten, or transitions, I should say, to the Big Ten in Luke Altmeyer And whoever wins the job at Michigan State, I'm thinking it's going to be Caden Hauser, if I'm being honest. And then in Hudson Card. Now, all of these guys have had flashes in their high school times to make them highly rated, highly recruited prospects, but they haven't really truly shown anything on the field as of yet. They're a mystery box of sorts, but luckily there will be seven plus games of film on these guys out there at this point for Coach Rossi to cook up some chaos. And then you finish the season with a five-star Ohio State quarterback, whoever they end up rolling out there. Both of those guys are five stars in McCord and Devin Brown. And then you've got Tanner Mordecai, a.k.a. a Lincoln Riley product who went out and balled out at SMU and is now playing in a Longo system. So he's going to be slinging that pigskin. So overall, man, the the defensive backs and the coverage of the Gophers is going to absolutely be tested this year. And there could be some barn burner scores, which we aren't really used to in the Big Ten. So it also brings into question, in my opinion, how important will time of possession be for the Gophers, or in general, if teams can sling the ball down the field in a hurry and score quickly. Time of possession might not be as critical, and that is a play uh, play style that PJ has always liked to stress. So that'll be interesting to see how important it is in the 2023 season. But that leaves you with at least six quarterbacks that can be a real challenge for the Gophers, and most likely four quarterbacks that could be playing on Sundays. There's a reason that the cornerback position has been a biggest stressed concern for me on this show since February, and this new cornerback room is going to have its hands full at every point of the season. But you got to do it one way or the other. It's show up or show out, grind, and 
we'll see what happens. That's all I got for you. That will do it for us here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube. Follow the podcast wherever you get them, wherever your preferred audio mechanism is. Be sure to follow along at Lockdown Golden Gophers. I appreciate you. I love diehard Gophers fans, and we are talking football here at the end of May. The season will be here before we know it. Be sure to subscribe. Row the boat. Sky Yuma, Go Gophers. And subscribe on YouTube.